Hello, and welcome back to the Collapse Experiment. Where we're going to get in trouble today, because I have several recent articles about uh, the latest news on certain medical procedures that people are trying to uh, uh, mandate a while ago. I don't know what the safe words are anymore. Like, uh, I don't know, YouTube has become like this weird, kinky, red sex room of uh, passwords that uh, you, you, if you say certain things, the pleasure stops, <laughs> if you will. Uh, so I don't know what I can and can't mumble out uh, anymore, and so I'm just going to wing it, if you will. Uh I'm going to start out with uh, the latest news. This is kind of a recap as to what we already know about Fauci's emails and things that he requested other people do when it comes to uh, information on certain topics. <laughs> New World Health Organization chief scientist made crucial change to paper claiming the virus didn't come from a lab. Yeah, the, the new chief scientist. Um, it's amazing. He, he got a promotion. Huh. Don't know how that happened. So this is through the Epoch Times. You can find this at thecollapseexperiment.com. And if you like that content and this content here, please like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Don't put it on Facebook because you'll probably get your account suspended. Yeah. The WHO's new chief scientist made a crucial change to an influential 2020 paper that claimed it was improbable that a virus came from a lab, a newly disclosed email shows. So yes, this is uh, recapping some of the information that we've already covered here, but this leads into a few other stories that uh, are going to be popping up here in just a few minutes. <clears throat> Jeremy Farrar, the chief scientist who is credited in one of the, in one message with helping guide, if you want to call it that, the paper about the origin of the virus, according to one email released by the U.S. House Select Subcommittee on the uh, <clears throat> virus pandemic on March 5th. Thanks for shepherding this paper. Rumors of bioweaponeering bio are now circulating in China. Dr. Ian Lipkin and Columbia University professor wrote to Farrar in the message. Yes, I know, and in the U.S. So why so keen to get out ASAP? I will push nature. Farrar responded. I will push nature because, you know, the science can just be leaned one way or, or another, depending on the outcome that you want, I guess. Because that's how science works, not propaganda. In the early 2020 paper, Lipkin and four co-authors claimed it is improbable that the virus emerged through laboratory manipulation of a related virus. Uh, the virus uh, that causes co that one... A draft of the manuscript published by Nature included a different word the House panel found. Sorry, a micromanaged micro-edit 
but would you be willing to change one sentence? Farrar wrote to Christine Anderson, who co-authored the paper in an email just one day before the pop publication. Wow, it must be an online uh, magazine, because one day before publication, I mean, is this before or after print? Publication, I'm guessing that's going to the printer, uh, not likely the, the newsstands. Does anybody buy these things anymore? Farrar asked to insert improbable in place of unlikely, the email showed. Sure, Anderson responded. I can do that. That's cool. The paper also stated that the virus is not a laboratory construct. There's a lot of scientists out there that call BS on that one. And that the authors do not believe that any type of laboratory-based scenario is plausible. What? <laughs> That's just crazy. This evidence suggests that Dr. Farrar was more involved in the drafting and publication of proximal origin than previously known and possibly should have been credited or acknowledged for his involvement, the panel said. The one time you don't want some credit for some work that you do. Interesting. <clears throat> or did he get credit? I mean, the guy was, it's 2023. He's now the, the chief scientist for the WHO. Just pointing that out. As for a comment from Farrar, the WHO, who told Epoch Times via email, he hasn't yet started his new position. Yeah, uh, well, when you're getting bent over, it's hard to get up. The British scientist was, at the time of the messages, at the helm of the Wellcome Trust, which con controls millions of dollars in funding for research in the UK. Wow, isn't it amazing how these people that are heads of millions of dollars of funds seem to be part of this whole, I'm going to, conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. They all conspired. They're all committing illegal acts and they conspired together. This is a conspiracy. The WHO announced on December 13th, 2022 that Farrar would be the next new chief scientist and that he would start in the second quarter of 2023. Welcome, which didn't respond to a request for comment, has stated that Farrar was due to leave in 2023. Yeah. Okay. So it appears there's a lit. Maybe not. Nope, not really. I mean, there is a link to the Epoch Times article, but good luck if you don't have a subscription. If you'd like to contribute to me getting a subscription, yada, 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 please like and subscribe. So, yeah, that's a recap on that issue, and let's see here. Oh, yeah, Jim Jordan. So, this is via, well, I guess this is just straight up Zero Hedge. Fauci's lies exposed. Jim Jordan goes ballistic over scientist lab leak flip-flop. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Representative Jim Jordan was on fire Wednesday. Well, he's from Ohio, so hopefully he's not, this isn't literal. <laughs> was on fire Wednesday during the first uh, <clears throat> virus select subcommittee investigating the origins of the virus, where former CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, said he was sidelined from internal debates over the origins of the virus. 
former CDC director was sidelined. How does that happen? And that former White House chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, didn't appreciate Redfield's support of the theory that it emerged from a lab. The head of the CDC was told what the science was. Weird. This is... This was a proprietary decision that there was no point of view that we're going to put out that that there's one point of view that we're going to put out there and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined, said Redfield. And as I say, I was only the CDC director and I was I was only the CDC director and I was sidelined. Wow. Yeah. Oh. This guy looks like, wow, he's very Amish looking, if you know what I mean. The 71-year-old Redfield told Oversight Committee Chairman James Cormer, Comer that his support for the lab leak theory likely prompted his exclusion. Wow, you kicked out the head of the CDC. Good job, because that's science. I think I made it clear in January of 2020 to all of them why we had to aggressively pursue this, he said, and I let them know as a vi virologist. So this, this guy is an actual expert in this field, <clears throat> and he was told no. Uh, let it know, virologist, I didn't see that this was anything like SARS or MERS, and they knew that was how I was thinking. Because they knew it themselves. Let's be honest here. This is why the guy was sidelined. Jordan then focused the conversation on two top Fauci advisors, Kristen Anderson. And I'm not even going to add doctor on this because these people do not. I don't have any respect for their degrees because uh, they're not. They're not following the science, if you will. And Robert Gary, who suddenly changed their stance on lab leak theory. The two notably emailed Fauci on January 31st, 2020, where they suggested that anomalies in the virus pointed to a non-natural origin. Yeah, this came up several times, especially on channels that were uh, on YouTube during that time. According to Anderson, the virus had usual, unusual features that potentially look engineered. Spike protein much? I'm not a scientist, but I do know from the little bit that I read that doesn't usually happen on a corona thing. Yeah. Or the common cold. The common cold doesn't usually have that, that aspect to it. Uh, all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Huh. It's almost like it didn't evolve that way. So three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position and the only intervening event was a conference call with Anthony Fauci and Dr. Collins. Again, a call that Dr. Redfield, CDC director at that time, was not allowed to be on. You excluded the head of the Center for Disease Control. Who the bleep is running this bleep show i'm sorry but um <clears throat> and we're supposed to follow all the recommendations that these morons have and then three months later shazam 
they get nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Why isn't that something? Three months later, the people who are on that call get nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. It's almost like he paid for a certain outcome of a certain paper to discredit anything coming from a lab that Dr. Fauci funded over in China. Weird. There are 9 million reasons why two top scientists changed their stance on the lab leak theory. This is from the Vigilant Fox on Twitter. So three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position, and the only intervening event was a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. Yeah. Meanwhile, lawyers are have claimed that statements by Fauci and under oath aren't credible due to contradicting event or contradicting evidence. That's why it didn't sound right. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> lawyers claim statements by Fauci under oath aren't credible due to contradicting evidence. So he committed perjury. <clears throat> I'm hearing a lot of crimes here. I'm not seeing anybody uh, being prosecuted. As the Epoch Time notes, that concludes the claim that Fauci didn't think he had ever met with Dr. Ralph Barrick, an American virologist who helped perform risky research on bat viruses in China. Uh, I know who he is. I doubt I've ever met him, Fauci said, during a late 2022 deposition. Deposition. I'm just going to say that was the English variation of that word. Deposition. Uh, the first time he answered questions under oath since the pandemic began. Fauci acknowledged the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which he headed until around the new year, providing funding for Barrick. Weird, you're providing funding to somebody you never met. I highly doubt that. But you don't remember ever meeting him in person. He was asked, I don't recall. I could have met him. I run into several thousands of scientists that we refer to. But I don't recall certainly having a relation. Nobody asked if you had sex with him, Fauci. Okay? I don't recall having a relationship with him. Really? A relationship? That's not what you were asked. So... Thanks for not answering the question in a honest way, you douchebag. But Fauci's official calendar lists a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Weird. It's just a one-on-one -on -one meeting. How would you... I meet so many people. I don't remember them when it's only the two of us. With Barrick on February 11th, 2020. And a newly revealed message from a professor who recounted Barrick's account of the meeting showing they talked about... <clears throat> Man-made virus combinations. I talked to Ralph for a long time last night. He sounds beat. Matt Freeman, a University of Maryland professor, wrote on February 18th, 2020. He said he had sat in Fauci's office talking about the outbreak and chimeras. <clears throat> a, chimera, a chimera is a combination of viruses. Huh. It almost sounds like they knew what they were dealing with. 
The materials unearthed from Freedom of Information Act requests from the nonprofits OpenTheBooks.com, Judicial Watch, and U.S. Right to Know, and other evidence, including a 2020 email of talking points for Fauci that mentioned Barrick being on our team, show that Dr. Fauci's testimony on his point is not credible. The Attorneys General of Missouri and Louisiana told a federal court in the new filing. Fauci also claimed that he was not 100% certain of the name of Dr. Xi Zhengli. Zhengli? Zhengli. I don't know. That is not a spelling I usually see in Chinese, but okay. Known for her experiments on bat viruses in China. I get sometimes confused with Asian names, Fauci testified. Racist! You're racist. Yeah, Dr. Shi Zhengli, uh, a so-called Batwoman. <laughs> the so-called Batwoman is world-renowned as the researcher who may have caused the <clears throat> outbreak and has been so since the beginning of the outbreak. And the name she is included in the title of the article that Dr. Fauci forwarded to Dr. Hugh. Uh... Auchincloss, after midnight on February 1st, 2020, Dr. Fauci's testimony is not credible at this point, Dr. Andrew Bailey and Jeff Landry, the attorney generals, wrote. Yeah, and it, oh my God, it just goes on and on. Dr. Fauci's testimony about lack of recall is not credible. Um, Dr. Fauci is just not credible. Let's, let's put it that way. They also noted that when Fauci did characterize the call, he said that it was involved in a good faith discussion back and forth between people who knew each other, and that the general feeling, the the the, the feeling among the participants in the call is that they wanted to get down to the truth, and not wild speculations about things. That's that's not how that works. Uh, that's that's not science. Mr. Science, that's not science. <laughs> After the call, a number of participants wrote papers decrying the theory that the lab, that the, the virus started in a lab. Yeah, interesting. So you can read more about that at thecollapseexperiment.com. Yeah. And guess what? It, it goes on from there. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> the virus, not deadly enough to justify risk of fast-track vaccines, Chris Whitty told UK government. So now we're going over into the UK to where they had very similar stuff happening. And this is from dailyskeptic.org. The virus was not dangerous enough to justify cutting short trials on said products as the product had to be <clears throat> very safe. Not safe and effective. Not uh, all the garbage that they said after that. But very safe. Chris Whitey uh, advised the government in the early weeks of the outbreak it has emerged. Writing on WhatsApp on February 29, 2020, the chief medical officer told government figures for a disease with a low mortality, a product has to be very safe so the safety studies can't be shortcut. So important for the long run. 
It's almost like this guy actually took his job seriously and he just wasn't listened to. Funny how that happens. The estimated 1% turnout to be an overestimate as the infection fatally, fatality rate in Europe and the Americas was found to be 03 to 0.4%. Chief scientist Patrick Valence agreed with the advice and wrote that existing drugs should be relied on instead. Huh, I wonder what those could have been. Agree existing drugs, best thing to try for this outbreak, accelerate uh, accelerate <clears throat> product testing where we have good candidates for future and prepare for manufacturing capacity for longer term. So th they were looking at alternative measures and then implementing something as long as it was safe. It's almost like they thought this through but just weren't listened to. It has not been reported <clears throat> what led to this approach being changed. But the advice was given before a pandemic had been declared or any country except China had imposed a lockdown. Public opinion, the government responses around the world shifted considerably after this point. We're going to make some money. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. The Telegraph has published an article looking at what the lockdown files WhatsApp messages show about how the government came to impose lockdown on March 23rd as it came under pressure during March to do so. Came under pressure from who and why? On March 2nd, Patrick Valance said that he and Whitey, uh, Whitey, Whitey, I'm going with Witty, estimated that the chance of a responsible worst-case scenario uh, was 1 in 5. I mean, like, I'm not a gambling person, but, I mean, 1 in 5. Worst-case scenario, mm, for percentage probability, reasonable worst-case scenario, we don't have a calculated figure and can't give one on the data we have. But Chris and I both think that looking at Wuhan so far, the uh, reasonable worst case scenario is relatively low probability, say one in five chance, but that is an um, impression, not a calculation. <clears throat> so even they didn't have enough data to have the science as to how this was going to turn out. On March 5th, a poll showed the public were still happy with the government's calm approach. And then you done messed that up, didn't you? However, this was probably the last time that was true, as images from Italy where hospitals were overwhelmed by gasping <clears throat> victims and distraught doctors were having to turn away the patients. Uh, were beamed into living rooms over the following days, the panic, panic buying began as the sense of doom grew. On March 8th, France banned large <clears throat> gatherings as Italy locked down the entire north of the country and the government figures began to feel the pressure to do more. Yeah, Italy, that was, that was kind of a weird uh, thing that happened over there. But instead of learning from the experience, they decided to do other things. <clears throat> By March 8th, Boris Johnson's chief advisor, Dominic Cummings, uh, was stressing how difficult it was to continue to hold the liberal line and not very subtly implying he agrees with the 
implying he agreed with the critics. On March 12th and 13th, Patrick Valance and other government figures did one last media round arguing for sticking with calm, liberal response that would lead to herd immunity. Which is funny, because that's basically what happened with everywhere else. It didn't follow the other uh, suggestion. Uh, let's see here. But it was no longer well received by the media or much of the public. Are you sure about that? I, it, this is the UK. Perhaps they just enjoyed being oppressed. I don't know. In line with that plan, contact tracing was stopped around March 15th as the country moved from containment uh, to mitigation. But behind the scenes, this change was opposed and the idea that we should be ramping up tests and contact tracing for indefinite use became a new orthodoxy. Keep on the great work. Thank you, Dance Dad Piper. Uh, neither I nor P Prime Minister understand... Uh, we need to explain and ramp up as fast as humanly possible on the evening of March 16th. Man, this is uh, the day Neil Ferguson's Report 9 projecting over 500,000 deaths without severe suppression measures was published. Boris Johnson told the nation that without drastic action, the virus would spiral out of control. Yeah, <clears throat> kind of like that peace deal that Johnson uh, axed, right? Yeah. These modulars had a track record of drastically exaggerating threats, but this seemed not to matter as Carl Hennigan and Tom Jefferson wrote in an ex exonerating piece in the mail this morning, Faith was replaced in excerpts who in the past two, two decades wrongly predicted 136,000 UK deaths from new variant, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. This all started out with, we need to try these drugs. And then it quickly went over to buy some stock because we're going to sell this crap. Yeah, these, these people who obviously took their job seriously and were trying to do the right thing were completely ignored. Which is how this crap works. I Don't ask me, I've seen it in just about every workplace that I've ever been in. <clears throat> if you don't know how to do your job... You get promoted. Okay. And we have one one more, I believe. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And this one... This one is actually... Well, it is the Twitter files. So this does keep going go with... Um, you know, how certain things were suppressed in this country through social media. And how that happened. Dems blast threat of <clears throat> so-called journalists as Taibbi Schellenberger exposed state-sponsored thought policing. Yeah. So interesting. This is through uh, Zero Hedge. And you can find that at thecollapseexperiment.com. Well, that escalated quickly. As one might expect, the judiciary hearing... And the weaponization of federal agencies, including Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, as witnessed, was full of fireworks, facts, and ad hominem fiction. Yeah. Out of the gate, ranking member Democrat Stacey Plaskett 
labeled the two so-called journalists as dangerous and a threat to former Twitter employees. Get a new job. Former Twitter, that's just, that's, that's all they are to you, is just former Twitter employees. They're not, they're not anything else, huh? She claimed the Republicans brought two of Elon Musk's public scribes in to release cherry-picked, out-of-context emails and screenshots designed to promote his chosen narrative, Elon Musk's chosen narrative, that is now being parroted by the Republicans for political gain. Cherry picking, huh? That's that's interesting. Haven't seen that on other sides ever. <clears throat> I'm not exaggerated when I say when I say you have called two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them. <gasps> oh no, because Taibi, he's got a record of writing stuff a direct threat do you know what a threat is lady like i know that you like cowered under your desk or whatever on j6 but uh do you do you actually know like what a threat is to anyone or anything because i don't i don't think you've ever experienced that chairman of the house judiciary committee republican jim jordan of ohio had a simple response to her accusations it's crazy what you are saying, what you were just saying, you don't want people to see what happened, Jordan continued. The full video transparency, you don't want that. You don't want two journalists who have been named personally by the Biden administration, the FTC, in a letter. They say they're here to help and tell their story. And frankly, I think you're they're brave individuals for being willing to come after being named in a letter from the Biden FTC. Yeah, these these journalists, like legit journalists who are protected under the First Amendment, are being attacked. Taibi snapped back. <laughs> and this is this is Taibi here. I'm not a so-called journalist. I've won the National Magazine Award, the IF Stone Award for Independent Journalism, and I've written 10 books. How you like dem apples? As Glenn Greenwald chimed in from Twitter, to Democrats, journalist means one who mindlessly and loyally endorses DNC talking points. Exactly. Like, propaganda is what that's usually called or referred to. Yeah, that's that's who they label as journalists. <clears throat> Unshaken, Matt Taibbi continued when he was allowed to respond, laid out what he and Schellenberger had found in their research of the Twitter files. The original promise of the internet was that it might democratize the exchange of information globally. I seem to remember saying something very similar myself recently. A free internet would overwhelm all attempts to control information flow. Its very existence a threat to <clears throat> anti-democratic forms of government everywhere. Huh. And I'm not seeing anything wrong that he said there. What we found in the files was a sweeping effort to reverse that promise and use machine learning and other tools to turn the internet into an instrument of censorship and social control. Unfortunately, our own government appears to be playing a lead 
role. So-called journalist, huh? Taibi pointedly added that effectively news media became an arm of state-sponsored thought policing system. Yeah. That's not possible. It's not possible to instantly arrive at truth. It is, however, becoming technologically possible to instantly read to instantly define and enforce a political consensus online, which I believe is what we are looking at. Remember how Parler informed the FBI of like possible things happening on J6 and then the FBI not only failed to report and spread that information, but I, I think Parler was... Nothing happened to Parler. It's fine. Nah, it's fine. Uh, Democrats' only respond to Taibbi and Schellenberger's facts was to get personal. Oh, let, let's see how personal it got. Glenn Greenwald, Dems are really dredging up the bottom of the barrel to attack Taibbi and the Twitter files. Remember when maligning, maligning journalists was a free press assault? Remember DWS? She was forced to quit as a DNC chief, DNC chief because WikiLeaks proved she cheated for Hillary. Yeah, it's funny. Where's WikiLeaks these days? Uh... Representative Washerman Schultz gets annoyed with Taibbi after he refuses to say he's profiting off the Twitter files. Has anybody been able to figure out how to actually monetize Twitter? And was he paid to... I'm pretty sure he's just acting as a journalist. Oh boy. The full hearing can be viewed below, so there is a link if you want to check out this article and see the hearing for yourself. It is available. As we detailed earlier, journalist Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, Schellen, Schellenberger are testifying before the House Judiciary uh, Select uh, Committee Select Subcommittee. What the hell is with these titles? The House Judiciary Committee Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government today. I really hope they have a shorter name for that. Good Lord. <clears throat> Both journalists are involved in the Twitter files disclosure in which we learned the government was directly involved in censoring disfavorable speech. That's a weird way of putting it. Disfavorable. Our findings are shocking, says Schellenberger at his blog. A highly organized network of U.S. government agencies and government contractors has been creating blacklists and pressuring social media companies to censor Americans, often without them knowing it. <clears throat> I'm just going to go on a little rant here. The reason that they're trying to destroy the First Amendment is because after you are not allowed to talk about or discuss or debate or gather or do any of the things that are in that First Amendment, you cannot openly defend the rest of the amendments when they try to take them away from you. That is why they're trying to destroy it. Once you take the first one, everything else is on the chopping block and you can't say shit about it. That's the issue. 
Uh, ahead of the appearance, Taibi released his prepared remarks. He also dropped a new and related Twitter files mega thread on censorship industrial complex. Kind of uh, like Ted Kaczynski there. Which will be submitted to the congressional record, which according to Taibi contains some surprises. Monitor all tweets coming from Trump's personal account, Biden's personal account... Uh, when Twitter files reports were given access to Twitter internal documents last year, we first focused on the company, which at times acted like a power above government. Wow. Uh, but Twitter was more like a partner in government with other tech firms. It held a regular industrial meeting with FBI and DHS industry meeting and developed a formal system for receiving thousands of content reports from every corner of the government. HHS, Treasury, Treasury, can't have people buying gold, oh no. Treasury, NSA, even local police. Wow, that's, that's kind of mind-blowing there. Emails from the FBI and DHS and other agencies often came with spreadsheets of hundreds of thousands of account names for review. Oh, uh, correction here, hundreds or thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but I mean, the end toll could actually be, if they're sending these all the time, hundreds of thousands, but um, yeah, often these would be deleted soon after. Uh, many were uh, many were obvious misinformation, like accounts surging people, urging people to vote the day after an election. But other official disinfo reports had shakier reasoning. The highlighted Twitter analysis here agrees with the FBI about accounts deemed a proxy of Russian actors. When we saw disinfo list where evidence was even less clear, this list of 378 Iranian state-linked accounts included an Iraq vet once arrested for blogging about the war, Okay, a former Chicago Sun-Times reporter, and Truthout, a site that publishes Nam Chomsky. Yeah, that's, that's dangerous. Nam Chomsky. He's... I'm surprised he's still around. You you watch watch any videos he puts on YouTube lately, and the, the guy looks like he should just be working in a coffin. In some cases, state reports didn't even assert misinformation. Here's a list of YouTube videos is flagged for anti-Ukraine narratives. I wonder if I made that list. <clears throat> but the bulk of censorship requests didn't come from government directly asked if Twitter's marketing department could say the company detects misinfo with help of outside experts, a Twitter executive replied, Not sure we'd describe the FBI DHS as experts or some NGOs that aren't academic. Hmm. Wow. And this goes on. And they did this during, uh, you know, the pandemic, too. We came to think of this grouping, state agencies like DHS, SBI, or the Global Engagement Center, along with NGOs that aren't academic, an unexpectedly aggressive partner 
commercial news media as the censorship industry complex. Who's in the censorship complex? Twitter in 2020 helpfully com helpfully compiled a list for a working group set up in 2020. That's odd. The National Endowment for Democracy, the Atlantic Council, DFR Lab, Hamilton 68 creator, the Alliance for Security Democracy, blah, blah, blah. Twitter execs weren't sure about Clemens Media Forensics Lab. Too chummy with somebody else and weren't keen on the Rand Corporation, but others were deemed just right. NGOs ideally serve as a check on corporations and the government. Not long ago, most of these institutions viewed themselves that way. Now, Intel officials, researchers, and executives at firms like Twitter are effectively one team or signal group, as it were. Okay, this goes on and on. Um, yeah, this is... This is insane. They're just showing more and more evidence of Twitter, um, specifically evidence from the Twitter files as to how this was all orchestrated to censor the public and information. And this was happening in the UK, and this was happening in Canada, and this was happening in Australia and New Zealand. This is, yeah, this is a very, very long, detailed article. My understanding was that they were going to investigate to what extent they could grow audiences for Facebook pages using sensational news. Uh, I know that there were people who believed the Democrats need to fight fire with fire, she told the New York Times. It was absolutely chatter going around the party. Yeah, this is, uh... This is insane. So, again, this is a conspiracy. This this one right here, this is an actual legitimate conspiracy with corporations and our government to undermine our First Amendment right. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you don't have the First Amendment, you, you can't protect the other amendments. I know that some people will say the Second Amendment is there to protect the First it, it, it can go either way. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. Um, this was the last article that I had regarding what is happening with information regarding the virus. And, um, oh, oh, I do have one more. This is, uh, I found this to be very interesting considering where this is taking place. Mother Sue's doctor who allegedly administered... <clears throat> medical procedure to children without consent, and this is through the Epoch Times, a doctor violated the law by administering a product to children without consent according to a new lawsuit. Dr. Janine Rethy, Chief of Community Pediatrics at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital, is being accused of holding two children in a room until she convinced them to get the jab. Children cannot consent, therefore you can't convince them, because either way, if she had done something else to these children in that room, she'd be in a prison cell right now, because they can't consent. The minors are both children of 
Nantanya McNeil, a Washington resident who brought the suit to the D.C. Superior Court. Miss McNeil's two minor children were held in a room by defendant until she overcame their will and forcibly jabbed them while physically preventing them from consulting with their mother, who is the legal guardian and the only person that can actually consent to this procedure. Who was outright who was right outside the room. The nine-page suit states the children were also allegedly provided with false and fraudulent information in order to get their purported consent to administer the jab. This stuff pisses me off. Uh, Rathi told the kids that they had to get the jab to attend school and that they would not legally and that they could not legally decline it according to the filing. So if they couldn't legally decline it, what were they doing before you convinced them to get it? I'm pretty sure they were legally declining it. The kids gave in when given the false information. Rathi and MedStar did not respond to requests for comment because you're you're going to get your asses handed to you. That's why. Annual checkups. McNeil took the children to Rethy for annual physical examinations. On September 2nd, 2022, the location was the Georgetown Kids Medical Mobile Medical Clinic, Ronald McDonald Care Mobile. Oh, boy. I think McDonald's are going to want to... Uh, <clears throat> Get their name out of that, which is operated by the Georgetown University Hospital as a recreation center. Rethi is director of the mobile clinic. McNeil waited outside with her one-year-old child while the two other kids went inside, but she called her daughter's cell phone soon after and asked to speak with the doctor. McNeil told Rethi that she was outside and available if needed to answer questions or provide information. Rethi never asked McNeil about any vaccine jabs, according to the suit. The 16-year-old child who attends Dunbar High School went first. Rethi came at me with a with a needle. The girl was quoted as saying, "Rethi asked what the what it was, and was told it was <clears throat> the 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 product." The minor said she did not want the product. Dr. Rethi told KM that the that the product was required for her to attend school and that uh, and then gave her the the jab. The suit states the younger child, 14, also reluctantly agreed to accept the uh, product after seeing his sister be injected, although he had repeatedly refused the product previously as well. Wait a minute here. He had repeatedly refused it as well. Repeatedly refused it. So this isn't the first time that they've tried to do this to them. Both children were very upset and angry that they had been coerced into getting it. Rethi also injected the children with a menococcal vaccine. Whoop-de-doo. Neither Rethi nor clinic staff provided information about the jab to McNeil or the children and 
the suit says. Rethy did speak with McNeil, but only told her that she was going to call a prescription for asthma for one of the children. Yeah, they seem to think that your children are their property and that they can do with them as they please. Uh, I would put this up there with uh, those those people who love children because, um, again, they can't consent. And from what we're learning about the possible side effects of this product, you just endangered them for the rest of their lives. Especially if they develop that certain heart inflammation that tends to happen after this. Especially the boy. That's the one that bugs me the most. He's repeatedly refused this product, and he's 14, which is approximately the age that they develop that heart inflammation thing. So, yeah, um, this doctor in the hospital, holy crap. If, there's, if there ends up being any side effects from this, mm, I would sue them into oblivion. Um, it, it's... In this case, if they're doing stuff like this, it might almost be better if the hospital doesn't even exist anymore for the sake of the community if this is how they're treating their patients. I'll put it that way. So, yeah, um, this is insane. These doctors are insane. She needs to lose her medical license, like, ASAP. And um, this this is just uh, nuts right here. It wasn't required they could refuse it holy crap i actually had a doctor try to do this with me uh, a couple years ago they were like well you need the hepatitis i forget which one it was but it was three shots and i was like i i don't want it i'm not gonna get it i'll let you think about it and the guy leaves the room and I'm sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes and I'm like, and he comes back in and he's like, so are you going to get it? And I'm like, no. So then he leaves the room in a huff and then five minutes later, a nurse walks in and she has the shot and she's like, I'm, I'm told to give this to you. And I was like, I said no repeatedly. And she's like, oh, well, the doc, I don't care what he said. I'm not getting it. And eventually it came to the point where I like stormed out of the room and they're like, sir, you need to sign out. And I'm like, I don't need to do shit. I work here. Okay. Like send it to me in an email, <laughs> but they do this crap all the time. Oh, what do you mean? He doesn't want it. Well, he's, he's going to get it. He's, he's going to have it. No, we're, we're not your property. Leave us alone. I think that's going to be like the theme of this uh, channel is like, just leave us alone. We, you don't own us. Like we can say no. We don't have to go along with your bullshit. If you want to do your bullshit where you're at, go ahead. That's fine. That's kind of the whole libertarian attitude, from my understanding. Is like you do your garbage over there, and we're not going to stop you. But the moment you try to force us to do that, no, it's not happening. Go away. So, anyways, that's about it. That's all the articles I've got on the latest jab information update. I know this is a longer video, but there is a lot of content out there. And that whole Taibi thing, holy crap. So, anyways, that's about it for me. Keep on typing.